some of us uh, catch new revelations, catch new visions. Uh, for me, one of the one of the revelations right now for me is this: uh, in spite of the fact that God was upset with Israel and they were walking in the wilderness for 40 years. The Bible said their shoes did not wear out and their clothes did not grow old on them. Uh, I don't know how God did that, but um, I'm trusting God that during this period as well, you know, our supplies shall not wear out in Jesus' name. Uh, and again, just like Abacook said in Abacook, so I'll give a brief recap of where I stopped uh, three, four weeks ago. Uh, Abacuch chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. It says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. If I can pause here, for example, some of us think this uh, plague is new. <clears throat> Bill, Bill Gates predicted this situation, this pandemic, about four years ago. In fact, he was saying last week, he said, that should have been a red flag for us, right? But people thought it was joking. And uh, they have been spending a lot of money researching the various species of coronavirus. But the, the documents are there, right? Uh, unfortunately, the era did not run, right? They did not run with, with this. Uh, somebody else was telling me that this had been predicted 40 years ago. So I'm, I'm sure by the time we check all around us, we will see that truly this has not really, God has not left us without a witness, right? So the, the thing is, the witnesses are probably just not taking the revelations seriously. Praise the Lord. And that's, that's a huge lesson in, in vision setting. When you are the one that has the vision, the people around you don't see what you see. The people around you don't take what you take seriously. It's not because they don't want to. It's usually because they can't see where you're coming from. If you study prophecies very well, a lot of the ash prophecies actually were delivered during times of prosperity, right? During times of peace, when people were so complacent and God is saying, you know what? Something like this is coming. And they will laugh and they will say, ah, that person is a prophet of doom. That person is a prophet of doom. But when it happens, they will remember it. The same thing with vision, right? Uh, when Bill Gates and his partners said, we're going to put a, wind, a computer in every home in the whole world. They wanted a computer in every house in the world. People thought it was a, it was a joke. But look at that vision today. Right, what we are looking to do, even this medium where we are talking through right now, is a byproduct of that vision. So we may not have the grandiose ideas or the vision, but we can also have elemental visions, part of visions that makes other people's visions reality. Right, uh, and remember, Joseph had a dream, and I think all of us should have dreams. I honestly believe in. Uh, in dreams, even though I don't, I'm not talking about the dream when you sleep and you wake up and have something, but if that's the way God reveals himself to you, amazing, right? But I think all of us should carry a dream in our hearts. And like I'm always going to say, if your dream is easily attainable, then it is not a dream, it's just a wish, right? 
but a dream is something that right now you don't know, but you know that if you entrust this to God, it will come to pass. Praise the Lord. So uh, Joseph had a dream at 17. He did not know what that is. And like I was saying to you, you know, that dream was very, very clear to me now or to our generation now, because when he was talking about the star and the moon, it wasn't like the star was going to bow down to him, but it was going to be in a hole. It was going to be looking at the star. And later, as the prime minister, you know, on the night his brothers came to him, right? He was looking at the star out there and his brothers were bowing to him. Praise the Lord. So, uh, and it is important that we realize that without a definite vision, we cannot really attract definite provisions. Because if God were to give us provisions without us having uh, specific visions, then God essentially is throwing his resources at us. And uh, we know that God does not do that. Right, so the, 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 the provisions will be there to meet the needs that the visions or that the vision will require. Praise the Lord. The, the provisions are there to meet the needs that the, the, the vision requires. So, for example, that, that's one of the reasons why, and uh, I, I'm just segueing here, you know, a lot of people talk about playing lottery. Lottery is a very good provision, but it's not usually for the person who wins the lottery, right? It is somebody else that the lottery winner probably just bless that that becomes a, a provision for. Because when you really look at the a, a research of people who have won lottery, in most cases, most of them are poor within the next 24 months, right? But when you really have a vision, I have not seen a vision that the provision just came out, bam, like that, no. Because God is a God of, of a sequential progression, right? God takes you from one place, make sure you understand where that is, then it moves you to the next place. Think of, think of working with God as going to the top of a staircase. God takes you from one level to the other, from the other level to the other. And at every level, there are going to be trials. At every level, they are going to be tests of your faith. They are able to be tests of your vision to see if you are strong enough to go to the next phase. And you can see that in the life of Joseph, right? When he was first sold into slavery with that lady, as beautiful, as seductive as she was, he could have fallen into that trap, but he passed that test. And something about vision is that sometimes you think your vision will lead you to uh, a plush land. No, 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 no. In Joseph's case, for example, it, the first time he passed the test in, in, the, in, the, in the captivity, right, when he refused to go to bed with that woman, what happened? He ended up in prison. Who would have thought prison was the reward of his passing a test? So sometimes you'll find that you are going from frying pan to fire. You know what? It is part of, it's part of the process. So God watched him move from, from that uh, cozy living environment and move him into the prison. But you also, I also wanted to realize that that was part of the design. That was part of the provision 
to lead him to the breakthrough. Because where else would he have come? I mean, it was a mere, it was a, in fact, it was worse than a servant. It was a bought slave. And a servant is more, has more position in the house than a slave. So where else will a slave meet a government official? And I'm also surprised that they did not send Joseph to the public jail, but they sent him to the jail where government officials were sent. And remember, that man was, I think it was the, it was the official in, in charge of jailing. So you see how God works. So it was in jail that he met Pharaoh's officials. And, you know, again, you see, sometimes attitude is a lot of things. But not sometimes, all the time. Because if he had bad attitude and just kept his mouth shut and did not speak to people, right? When those people had those dreams, he would not have had the rapport or an ability to move to them and ask them what's going on here. Right? So, he, and, they, and again, that was in passing another test. That was in passing another test. Being able to identify his gift. Listen, the gift of a man will make a way for the man. That is still true today. Your gift will make a way for you. I remember years ago, I was, I was standing somewhere and uh, somebody was working, we, we kind of met, I don't even remember how we met, but I've known this person before, and we started talking. And he was talking about establishing a school. And I said, oh, interesting. And I started giving him ideas. And the man looked at me and said, you know so much? I said, yeah. So, and funny enough, within three months, we actually established a private school. A private no, uh, computer college. Just like that. But if I had just listened to him and I just kept my ideas to myself, nothing happens. Right? I want to remember this. He that works with the wise will himself become wise. And good understanding will always win favor. So, and those are, so when we talk about provision for vision, it might not be money. It might not be something physical. It might just be something tangible. Right? You will get to meet people. Now, and again, I want to remember that vision is something that only you see. Only you see where you're going. Only you have that burning on the inside of you to know that, you know what, I've, something has to change. I have to be able to do this. That resides with you. Praise the Lord. Now, and I, just like Oliver Holmes said, um, now Oliver Holmes was a former Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the U.S., but he said something that I have always held on to. He said, a man's mind that has been stretched by a new idea can never come back to the same place. If you have never seen something before, your mind remains in the same place. But once you have seen something different, I remember when microwave first came out, a lot of people didn't want to buy microwave. Ah, a lot of very funny facts came out about microwave. But you know what? Some people looked at microwave it and help them and look at microwave today. Praise the Lord. I remember when insurance uh, came out. You know, insurance had a, lot, a hard time. Even to today, a lot of people don't want to buy insurance. But recently, a lot of people are beginning to say, okay, so when I die, what, does my, what do I leave behind for my family? And a lot of people now haven't seen the benefits are really investing in it. The same thing in investment. You see, 
once your mind has seen that idea, once your mind has latched onto something that is new, it is difficult for your mind to go back to the same way it had always been. And I want to also remember this. If you always did the same thing the way you've always done it, then you will always be the same way where you've always been. If you've always done the same thing the way you've always done it, you will always be where you have always been. And look, it doesn't matter how Christian or how spiritual you are. You must be willing to innovate. You must be willing to change. You must be willing to make a shift. It is important. You must be willing. I remember listening to Bishop Michael Konko about 20 years ago, and he prayed a prayer point at that convention. He said, I have said, I have said to the Lord, he said, I have said to the Lord, Lord, no matter how old I grow in ministry, help me to continually be able to have the capacity for change and the capacity to increase in your grace and anointing so that I will find relevance in you. And I think that should be a prayer point as well. Because the minute we become satisfied in our faith, we actually lose ourselves. We lose our vision. We become stagnated. Life will move past us. You know, there are some, there are some testimonies that just personally, they just upset me. You know, I was, I used to be, I was, I used, no, 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 no. That is in the past. And Paul, like Paul has exhorted us, wherefore, forgetting what is behind us, let us move forward into the future. Let us move forward with the Lord. Let us move forward to a new day. Praise the Lord. So a man's mind that is straight by a new idea can never go back to where it had always been. So maybe you don't understand that what that idea is now. Write it down. You don't have to. You don't. You don't, you don't have to have the old schematic in in front of you right now. But write it down. Let what you have written down continue to guide you. Put it in front of you. Amen. Now, let's look at provision. <clears throat> provision essentially is those preparations that you have made. Uh, one of the biggest provisions that God has given each of us is our life's experiences. Your life experience, my life experience is a big provision. I like the way somebody said it. He said, there's no harm in failing. There's no harm in failing. The problem, the harm in failing becomes what that you don't learn anything from your failure. So I want to put it this way. There is no problem with you not succeeding when you make the first attempt. The problem is what you do not or what you refuse to learn from that first attempt. Amen? And you see, again, if you have been in that situation and you have seen things that did not work out, the question becomes, what did you learn? What did you learn one about yourself? What did you learn about that thing itself, about the process? And finally, what can you do better if you are to do it a second time? Most models don't work the first time. That's why every car company continues every year to have a new model. Every new model, check every car you've seen. 
there's something different. Is that they have removed something or they have improved on something. They've removed, so even computers, even cell phones, they've removed something or they've improved on something. And that's when they get all those updates. And we also have updates in our own life. And that's part of the experiences we'll bring to the table. Praise the Lord. So our experiences, another, another big supply or provision for our vision is the people in our lives. <clears throat> is the people in our lives. I know people will take advantage of you, right? But let me tell you something. The Yoruba says, if you close your eyes for a bad person to pass by, by the time you open your eyes, the good person would have gone as well. Praise the Lord. The thing is this, it is not that people will not take advantage of you. It is that you have to be on your guard. The Bible says, you know, the days are evil. So we've got to make the best. So you have to be able, and that's why I'm always going to talk about purpose-driven relationships, right? If you are going to be with me, if you are going to be in a relationship with me, what are you bringing to the table? So when you have friends around you and you are heading in the direction of a vision, you want to work with people that are going in the same direction as you. Now listen, they are going in the same direction. They are not going to the same destination. There's a difference. I remember there was a day I was driving to, the, to New York and um, after a while, I think after, I'm not sure, now, after Burlington, there was this guy, it looked like a police car. And for almost 45 minutes, nobody could overtake this car. We were all very careful not to go past this car. And after a while, I got tired because I was already sleeping. So I kind of overtook and I got to the back of the man. And at some point, this guy slowed down and I intentionally overtook this guy. And you can see the guy was laughing. Because the guy is not a, he's not a policeman, actually. Mm -hmm. He was one of those, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, sold police cars, but he still had the police color and everything. And the guy was laughing, and I over, and the minute I overtook this guy, and I increased my speed, watch every other car behind him. Everybody started to overtake the guy. It was so interesting. And uh, me and the guy got to uh, the customs, I mean, the US customs at the same time. And I was looking at the guy to see if he was a police officer. He gave them his password, I gave, I gave them my own. But the man asked me to pass because I was still looking at him. Praise the Lord. So that man was going in his own direction. <clears throat> but everybody was walking behind him because we thought he was somebody that he was not. The world will make way for you if you know where you are going. The world will make way for the man who knows where he's going. I like the way Johnny Walker puts it. I am slow when I walk, but I don't walk backwards. It is deliberate, right? So our experiences is another form of provision that God has given to us. Praise the Lord. So, so tying the two together, what I'm trying to say here is that vision gives direction. Vision, your vision becomes your direction. <laughs> but when we don't a lot of people say, I just want to be rich. There's nothing wrong with being rich. There's nothing wrong with being rich. But again, you have to understand that richness is relative. Because that source of income could get dry. What happens to the next source? But when you have a solid vision, 
Along the line, you also begin to see that your vision will direct you in ways of diversification, right? And uh, so when the Bible says, where there is no vision, it's actually saying that there is no meaningful direction. And hence, there is no meaningful progress. <clears throat> when we don't have a vision, <clears throat> we lack a clear sense of direction and we lack meaningful, sustainable progress. Praise the Lord. When that vision is not there, your direction <coughs> is limited. Your progress will get truncated. So vision now is, is for me, becomes the pathway for the direction. So for example, the 401 is like a vision because it, is, it gives direction. Praise the Lord. And one thing I like about having vision is this. <clears throat> vision propels us to become better. We become better and better at whatever it is we're doing because we have a vision. Amen? It, it, it helps us to look forward to a new day. <clears throat> The Bible says the path of the righteous shineth brighter and brighter unto a perfect day in Christ. Christ is the vision. Christ is the goal. Christ is the price of the eye calling. And that is how it's, that's what vision does for us. It propels us, <coughs> excuse me, to continue to move in that direction. Now, in order to be able to achieve meaningful success and to make good of our vision, we need to look at three things. <clears throat> One is knowledge. Two is skills. And three is desire. I like the way Stephen Covey puts it. He says, knowledge is your theoretical paradigm. The what to do and why you are doing it. <clears throat> knowledge. And you see, Armchair critics, has a, they have a lot of knowledge, but that's what they have, knowledge. It is a paradigm, right? Now, mind you, knowledge and wisdom are two different things. <clears throat> two, skills is how to do what I know how to do. How to do <clears throat> what I know how to do or how to do what I know what to do and desire is the motivation do i really have that motivation to be better do i have the desire to change do i have the capacity even for change that's where motivation begins to come in it is motivation that allows me to get up from bed in the morning it is motivation that allows me to be able to look at something and say, you know what? This isn't good enough. It can be better than this. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So you cannot go beyond, you cannot be anything beyond what you see. If we don't have the knowledge, if we don't have the skills, and I want to understand that these are, these are except for of the three, knowledge can be acquired. Skills can be learned. 
But motivation, you either have it or you don't. But let me let me let me back back step on that. You may not have motivation of your own, but remember the friend of the wise will become wise. If you are in a very progressive environment, you are likely to walk off. Motivation is likely to rub off on you a little. But you have to have that desire for your for change. You yourself must have a desire to change. And that is where <clears throat> what you see becomes important. You remember when Lot left Abraham, and uh, Abraham was so desolate and was standing there. And God said, no, 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 don't worry about it. What can you see? Tell me what you see. <clears throat> and then, based on what he said, God says, you know what? I will give you more than this. So, and one of the prayer points for that for me is, is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond. Now watch it. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly, Above and beyond what? What we can think or ask of him. So basically, it can only do above and beyond what we can think. It can only do above and beyond what we can ask. What if we can't think of anything for him to do? <clears throat> what if we, can, we don't have anything for us to ask of him? So I say vision shapes your life. It determines your future. You become your vision. Mm. Praise the Lord. So how do we accomplish this vision? Vision works when there is a plan of action. So for example, we have this COVID-19 situation <clears throat> and the old world is now looking for a plan of action. First, they are doing analysis, they are doing testing. They are doing analysis, they are doing containment and they are measuring, putting up with contact measurements, right? The result of that becomes the predicator, not just for managing the situation now, but for managing it later on. So in order to be able to achieve our vision, let's look at the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 11, 12, and 19. 1 Chronicles 28, verses 11, 12, and 19. Here, in verse 11, the Bible says, Then David gave his son the plan for the particle of the temple. It's building its storerooms, its upper part, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. He gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his heart for the temple of the Lord, all the surrounding rooms, for the treasuries of the temple of God, and for the treasuries for the dedicated things. Verse 19, all this, David said, I have been writing, <clears throat> all I am giving you, I have been writing, as a result of the Lord's hand on me, he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. <clears throat> Did you see that? David had a vision for the temple. It was David that wanted to build the, the temple, not Solomon. Solomon. Solomon was too young to take up temple building. Remember what I said earlier, like the Bible said, he's able to do extremely abundantly above and beyond. Right, and because he had it in his heart, even though God said to him, God said, No, 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 listen, listen, you can't build me a temple. He said, Why? He said, because your hand is full of blood, you cannot build me a temple because of the blood on your hand. 
where again, is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond. But God said, okay, but because you have it in your heart, I will raise up for you somebody in your house who is able to build me that temple. And that's why if you look at Solomon, Solomon did not fight a war in all his life as for the 40 years he was king. Amen? And God went ahead of David. <clears throat> David had an idea to build a temple. God gave David the plan for the temple. Let's look at that again. First Chronicles chapter 28, 11 and 12. <clears throat> then David gave his son Solomon the plan, the plan, the plan, the schematic diagram, the architectural diagram <clears throat> for the particle of the temple, the outer court. Its building, how many buildings are going to be there? Its storerooms, how many rooms will be there? The upper part, the inner rooms, the place of atonement. Verse 12, he gave him the plan of all that the spirit. You see, if you have nothing in your mind, what is the Holy Spirit going to work with? People say, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And God is looking at them and they are confusing me. Why? You remember the story of Elijah and the widow? <clears throat> my Lord, your servant is dead and the creditors have come to take away my son. And the man of God looked at him and said, no, that, that cannot be. Okay, what do you have? And the man said, the woman said, I have nothing. <laughs> Elijah is not a magician. And the woman said, oh, I have a jar of oil. I have a small jar of oil. And Elijah said, oh, you have a jar of oil. Okay, <clears throat> go and bring it. Get containers and begin to pour it in. You have something. God has de developed, de deposited something unique in you. You don't have to understand it, but you can begin to, you can begin to fan it into flame. You can begin to speak about it. You can begin to talk about it. You can begin to talk about that future that you can't even see yet. You can begin to talk about that place you have not been yet, but you are going to go. Remember, faith is the evidence of something you have not seen. Amen? If you have it, if you in your mind, David had the mindset, I'm building a temple for God. And God took that vision from his heart and gave him a definite plan of action. He gave him, verse the plan of all that the Spirit of God had put in his mind for the courts. And verse 19 said, he said to his son, all this, all that I'm giving you right now, I have been writing as the hand of the Lord had been upon me. What's your plan? We may not have a definite plan. Listen. An unformed plan is better than no plan at all. <clears throat> A plan that is still, I will tell you something about me. I always make my, I, I make a lot of rules for myself as I go along. But I start out by thinking of something and I'm looking at, and I'm planning how to get there. I may not know, I'm going to read, I'm going to ask people, I'm going to call people, but I just know I'm having, that's where I'm going. 
right? You may not know it yet. I don't know. And that's why I always say to people, stop thinking about the problem. We'll talk about under this. Stop thinking about the problem first. Just think of what you want and how you are going to get there. Because the minute you start thinking of the plan of the problem, your plan is already defeated. Praise the Lord. So what kills vision? Number one, fear. <clears throat> fear. First Chronicles 28, 20. David said to Solomon his son, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God, my God, is with you. It will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. All the work is finished. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1. And God continued. If you read Joshua chapter 1 very well, Joshua must actually have been a very timid guy. And God continued to say, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. The Bible has 366 do not fears stated in it. One for every day of the year. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am with you. <clears throat> so the first thing was, so Solomon was a very young man. And here he was being charged to build this temple. The fear will come. Can I do this? My father did not, in his greatness, did not accomplish this much. Can I do this? My father once said to me, he said, I left home when I was about 17. He said, and when I look back, if I had, if I had allowed fear in my heart, I might not have come as far as I've come. He said, when I left home, I didn't know what I was going to become. But I just had to keep going. Amen? I want you to remember something. Bravery is not the absence of fear. <clears throat> Bravery is not the absence of fear. It is your ability to put your fear under check. When Jesus was going to feed the 5,000, they were all standing around him. They were crowding his vision. And what did he say? He said, hey, sit down. Because when they sat down, then he could see. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. In the midst of complex situation, you need your faith. So, number one enemy of vision is fear. Who has done this before? I was talking to somebody during the week, and the person says, the good thing is for me that you are like a pioneer to me. I said, what does that mean? Oh, you are my foreigner. I'm like, what does that mean? And the person said, because you are doing this, I can come to you. And I was laughing. I said, you know what? It is true. Because when I started the same journey, I had nobody to go to. And I said, listen, you know, if I had, if I had people to guide the process that I'm working on right now, I'll probably have gone further than I am right now. But I'm thanking God that at least you can come to me and I can share my own experiences with you. You know, many people also have the same idea, but because of fear. <clears throat> fear. Fear shall not be our master. We need to stand up to fear and stand up against fear. <clears throat> In the same vein, according to Philippians 14, 13, another thing that kills vision is lack of self-confidence. We lack that self-confidence. One of the way people talk about it to me is this, uh, you know, because of the color of my skin, who cares? 
Listen, people don't care about the color of your skin when you know what you are doing. If this COVID-19 uh, 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 cure comes from, uh, comes from uh, Abakaliki, you think the white people will care whether it's from Abakaliki or where? All they want is cure. Right? Or if this comes from uh, Morocco water side, you think people care? All they want is to be healed. <clears throat> For me, when I look at the way I overcome self uh, lack of self-confidence is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I remember the Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. So if I'm carrying, if I am a carrier of the Spirit of God, if God has found me worthy to be a temple for his spirit, then fear shall not be my master. Praise the Lord. So every time you think you can't, I want you to look beyond yourself and see Christ. And the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Will you fall? Yes. I remember as a new, as a new pastor, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, look, you make a lot of mistakes. He says, you will fall a lot of times. He said, but every time you fall, I will be there to pull you up. And I'm a testimony of that till today. It keeps pulling me up. So look beyond yourself and continue to say to yourself, I can do it because Christ is my strength. Praise the Lord. The third killer of our vision is lack of faith. You wonder, let me tell you something. Christians are the most faithless people I, I know. Unbelievers have more faith than Christians. Unbelievers, they have more faith than Christians. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, 6 and 7 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. But anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. We actually know that he exists. <clears throat> but sometimes we think he will not answer our own prayer. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in only fear built the ark to save his family. You see? When we go into that thing, once do we have that, once our mind sees it, once you can see it in your mind, only you see what you see, and you allow that vision to motivate and propel you, and you tell yourself, <clears throat> I'm one poor guy from Ibadan, <clears throat> but you know what? I'm not going to be unknown from Ibadan. Ibadan is even going to know me. Why? Because Christ is my all in all. Because I can do it because Christ gives me strength. The next thing is for me to exercise my faith and begin to walk as if I have accomplished it. Faith is that that makes me see myself as a success when I don't even know what success really feels like. Praise the Lord. I remember a long time ago, very long time ago, <clears throat> we used to sing one song when the plane is passing. I don't know how many of you remember it. It's a Yoruba song. Aeroplane, Yoda, Bamikia, Mieleko. 
Amen. But you know what? It was a kind of motivation. You were singing, I didn't imagine going to play. No, we didn't even know the play. Nobody in the play can see you. But we were hoping that one day we would also be able to fly in the play. And so by the time I flew in the play for the first time, it was exciting because I've seen people. I used to live in a place where in the evening I would sit at my backyard upstairs and I'll be watching plane taking off and landing at the Mohammed Airport. And I'll be saying to myself, one day, one day I'm also going to fly. One day somebody will also wave at me. Praise the Lord. And again, you allow that kind of, you know, faith to motivate you. And uh, the first time I flew, I flew to Calabar. But hey, I went in a plane. That's what matters the most. Praise the Lord. So you allow that faith, you allow your faith to rise. And you say to yourself, I can do this. Praise, praise God. Another killer, number four, another killer of vision is our unwillingness to want to learn. <clears throat> oh, this is the way I've always done it. And that is the way you've always done it. That's why you are still where you are. Amen. You have to remember that knowledge is ever increasing. Knowledge continues to increase. Do I want to increase in knowledge? Do I need to learn new things? <clears throat> By the end of these COVID issues, a lot of people who are technical in uh, computer illiterate will become computer literate. Because if you are not willing to adapt, you're done. A lot of jobs are going to go online. And people must be willing to learn. Because I, I tell you, brethren, I don't see things going back to what they had always been. It's a new day. Praise the Lord. So if we're going to fulfill our vision, we must be willing to learn. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. That's the A part. <clears throat> and the Proverbs 1 8 says, Listen, my son, or my children, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Listen to instruction and do not forsake the teaching that I provide to you. Number five, perseverance. And I'm, I think I'm going to end with this one perseverance. Because a lot of us are very, very patient people. We're very, very patient. But we do not know how to persevere. Patience is that thing that makes me sit down for one hour. Perseverance that is something that allows me to endure a little more for another three seconds. Amen? <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and sin that easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You see, when you are persevering, all you can see is the finish line. <clears throat> when you're persevering, all you see is the destination, is the goal. We need that perseverance, as somebody put it, is the ability to stick to it. When you have that vision, when you have that, that dream of a better tomorrow, or that thing in your heart that you know that God has given to you, 
as much as you remember that only you have that, you also have to remember that only you have the ability to stick to what has been committed to you. This is not being patient. This is staying through the course. Staying through the course. One of the biggest testimony I, I continue to give, one of the biggest thanksgiving in my life <coughs> today is the fact that despite the, the, the struggles I, did, I went through in my first degree, I stayed the course and I graduated. And I keep saying to myself, God, only God knows if, if I had allowed the pressure to get to me and I had flunked, I had dropped out of university. Because believe me, if I had dropped out, I don't think I would have gone back. But you know what? I just, had, I just had that thing. And I remember my father would always say, your only responsibility in this house is to go to school and come out with a first degree. And that was the vision. Just get that first degree. And so even when, when I was failing, even when I had things were not going well, you know what? I kept seeing that degree. From, four, from first class, I knew I couldn't make first class. Then I said, okay, I can do two, 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 one. But again, I just knew I just wanted a degree. And after a while, that was just what consumed me. Right? And so when a lot of my friends were dropping out of university, I just kept going. I just kept going. Perseverance. Sometimes things will not work the right way at the beginning. But can you stay the course? Can you continue to go? Do you believe in yourself to go forward? And that is the key. And it is my prayer today that the Lord will establish us in this path. It is my prayer today that as the Spirit of God gave David the, the counsel, the plan and the details as the Spirit of God gave him the, the finite and the granite details of the, of, the, of the temple that he entrusted to Solomon, it is my prayer that the Lord will do the same thing with each and every one of us. Amen. It is my prayer today that the spirit of perseverance that the Lord will give it to us in Jesus' name. Amen. It is my prayer today that the spirit of boldness, the spirit of boldness, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as lion, right? You are not a lion, but you are equally as bold. It is my prayer that the Lord will steer that, that boldness in the inside of you and that, that the, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah will come alive in you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is my prayer that where you are taught this is impossible, where you are taught this is impossible, God is going to turn around that situation for a new song for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It is my prayer that everything that had worked against all of us, including this current situation, that the Lord will turn it around. Amen. The Lord will do something amazing, something spectacular with Amen. each of us in the name of Amen. Jesus. The name of God will be glorified in our life. Amen. For the visions that are not yet clear, as the Lord took the vision of David and made it into such a beautiful plan, the Lord will take your vision and it will do exceedingly, Amen. abundantly, Amen. above and beyond all that you can think or you can ask of it in the name Amen. of Jesus.
the Lord will keep you. Amen. The Lord will uphold you. Amen. The Lord will establish you. Amen. Even at this time of national and international crisis, the Lord will preserve you. Amen. The blood of Jesus, the Bible said, when I see the blood, it says the plague will pass over you. The plague will pass over each of us in the name Amen. of Jesus. No evil will come near our tent. Amen. One of the biggest miracles of all time, during, during the Israel's walking in the desert, the Bible says their shoe did not wear out. Their clothes did not get worn out by the grace of God. The Lord will do such miracles again in our own time in the name of Amen. Jesus. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord keep you. Amen. The Lord make his face shine upon each and every one of us Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I just want to appreciate everybody once again for uh, joining us this morning. And it is my prayer that God will keep each and every one of us all through this day. The Lord will strengthen us. The Spirit of God will Praise the Lord. Shall we say the grace in fellowship? And the grace of God. Yeah. 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 Yeah.